I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, team. Welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale, and this podcast is all about making dressage make sense. Enjoy. So I think it's a fact of life that some horses are spooky and some aren't. We all know horses are, they're naturally flight animals. And to an extent, I kind of think we have to accept that and work with that when we're dealing with horses that are slightly more flighty or slightly more spooky than others. But we like to use the term spooky horses as a bit of an umbrella term when really it's such a scale. I am always being asked with our sales horses are they spooky and every time I say it kind of depends what you mean because some horses just aren't phased by anything you can take them in any arena any environment any situation and they just take it all in their stride whereas others may be spooky some may be spooky at the designated scary corner some may be spooky if you take them in an arena Um, that they've never been in before. Some may look at the flowers or markers. Some are noise sensitive. Others might jump if a pheasant leaps out of a bush. And some end up doing a dirty spin and tanking off halfway across the arena because someone on the ground breathed funny. And as a rider, some of these types of spooking you are going to be okay with and others you wouldn't be. And every rider is going to be totally different. But if you ride a spooky horse, no matter whether it's a little spook or a lot of a spook, I wanted to talk you through a few different things that I always try with any spooky horse that I ride or teach. Having said that, though, fixing a spooky horse is a little bit of a fine line because if a horse isn't more comfortable going past the scary corner, but it does go past because it's forced to by the rider is that solving the problem in short i guess it is because your horse hasn't spooked but 
have you fixed the core of the problem? Probably not. So that's a little bit of something that I wanted to just start off this episode with that our aim in my opinion shouldn't be about trying to get our horses past stuff it should be a case of trying to get them comfortable and happy to go past whatever we want them to go past in the end so I'm going to take you through a couple of the things that I will do with every horse that starts to spook with me the first thing And we do this with every horse, no matter what, if they're spooking, whether it's something they've always done or it's something that has just started, we do the health checks. Now, it's very common for horses to become spooky or nervous or anxious when they are in pain. Now, this can be anything from the saddle not fitting right to a teeth issue. It could be back pain. It could be something that might require the vet out for. But I always think you want to be able to start with a bit of a freshie and know that it isn't any of these things causing the issue. And this isn't just from the perspective, although it's really important, that we want our horses to be happy and to be healthy and to be comfortable. That is obviously really important. But it's also really important from a training perspective, because if we're riding our spooky horse in the arena and they're there spooking away and we are thinking, I'm not sure if they're in pain or if they're just being naughty or evading. Most riders in these situations tend to ride really passively. We don't want to push through and keep going in case our horses are in pain. And equally, we don't want to get off if they're being difficult. So we end up not really doing anything. But if we can tick off that we know they aren't in pain, we know the saddle, teeth, back and so forth have been checked, then we can get into working on the training side. Another thing to talk about when we talk about health checks is nutrition. Now, some feeds naturally can make horse more energetic or more susceptible to ulcers or more nervous or more anxious or some can have a really calming effect. Ulcers are really common reason why horses might start spooking especially if it's come on quite suddenly and they didn't used to do it before most feed companies will be able to advise you on the right feeds for your horse and feeds suitable for ulcer prone horses too but we want to make sure that they're getting firstly all the right vitamins and minerals and nutrition that they need but we also want to make sure that their feed is working in line with firstly their behavior and also the workload that we're doing with them. I know we talk quite a lot about giving a horse too many calories when they're not in the right work from a fat percentage and from a fat perspective, but I think it's also really important to talk about it in terms of from an energy perspective as well, that that horse is going to have so much energy and not have necessarily an outlet for it to go into unless they are in that right level of work. Now, I'm not going to go down the dark and dangerous route of discussing karmas in this episode, but I know people that have had huge successes with things like calming cookies and different types of karmas. And equally, I know people who they've never worked for. So I tend to live by the rule that if it works for you and your horse, And if it makes your horse happier, then that's good enough for me. The next thing that I want to talk about then is about finding a pattern. So once you've ticked off the health side, it's now time to start looking 
basically if there is a pattern there. It might be you know it already. It might be that it always happens at a show or it always happens in a certain corner or on a certain rain. All this information, though, is so useful to have to help us build a picture of why our horses are spooking in the first place. You could even try riding your horse at different times of day or with a different routine to see if that improves it as well. But all you need to do is just keep a note of where and when the spooking happens and what you were doing when it happened. Now, you don't need to write detailed notes about it, although if you want to, you can. But just keep an eye on it and you may start to see a pattern emerge. If it always happens at the end of your session or always happens at the beginning of the session or it happens on one certain hacking route or during a particular movement or during a particular exercise or a particular venue or does it happen at home? There are so many questions you can ask yourself and all of this is going to help you to build that picture and the more information we have the easier it is to start to work out why your horse is spooking in the first place. Which brings me on then to the age-old question Is your horse spooking because they are trying to get out of doing the work, they're evading you or they found a really clever way of getting out of it? Or is it because they are genuinely nervous, stressed, anxious or in pain? Now, how do you go about working out whether this is your horse evading or if they are generally nervous or even in pain? As we know, horses can't talk. They can't tell us. And so we really have to learn to listen and find the cues. And often it does end up being a bit of a process of elimination. And once you find the cause, you will look back in hindsight and you will wonder, why did I not realise this before? But I think this happens to everyone. And I think it happens to me probably on a daily basis. The power of hindsight is incredible. But it kind of highlights why it's so important to get those dentists, saddle, vet, physio checks and so on and get it all checked out so you can be sure it's not pain related. And that part almost ends up being the easy bit. Once you've ruled out that it's not pain related, the next part is working out whether this is your horse being genuinely nervous or scared or whether they're spooking or doing that to evade. And this is where finding the pattern and knowing when, how, where, when spooking happens can help you to work this out. Because, for example, if I had a client come to me on a horse that always started spooking halfway through a session, when things started getting difficult and once they spooked, the ride would always get off and stop. So long as I was sure it wasn't pain related... I would lean towards this being an evasion, especially if the rider has gone off soon after the spooking. But if the spooking always happened on a certain rein or during a certain movement, I would definitely be looking deeper into the pain side of things and perhaps something going on there. But if there was a horse that was spooking always in new environments or always when things changed, or equally if that horse always spooked in the same corner or at a certain noise but the rider was doing everything right and I'll get on to kind of what right means later on but in this situation I would lead towards this being more about the horse's confidence now often things won't be as clear-cut as that it might be harder to unpack but I am a big believer in finding the root cause of any problem you face in dressage because 
you don't want to spend weeks and months working on something only to find out it wasn't the cause of the problem in the first place. So take the time now to find out why your horse is really spooking and it will be far easier and quicker to fix and improve in the long run because there's going to be a really clear direction and a really clear set of things that you need to do to help your horse stop spooking. So now we've spoken a bit about why and how the spooking may be happening, we can start to go into some things that might help you, some tools that you can try. Generally, I found horses tend to spend more time spooking when their focus isn't on us as the rider. No matter whether it's because they're a bit nervous or a bit anxious, they are a bit nosy and they want to know what's going on, or they're trying to evade working. No matter the reason for them spooking, generally giving them something to do and getting them to focus on us as the rider nearly always works. And a really great exercise I love is to ride a serpentine with a transition every time you cross the centre line. And if you want to be even more adventurous, you can add another transition each time you touch the track as well. Now, this keeps your horse thinking because you're going to keep changing direction and you're going to keep changing the pace. And they're not going to know what you are going to ask them next. So it keeps them thinking, keeps them listening to you and focused on you a bit more. You can then start to branch out. You can start to do different shapes, different size circles, different teardrops, serpentine spirals, whilst adding in those transitions as well, just to keep the horse thinking. Now, for those of you that have a lazy horse that has a tendency to go behind the leg, getting your horse forward is going to be your best friend because it gets your horse focused on you, thinking about you, paying attention to you, rather than coming behind your leg and ignoring you which quite often is a little bit of a pre-warning that a spook is possibly going to come anyway. Now, nearly, I think every, nearly every single horse that I have come across that spooks tends to spook at things on the outside of the arena rather than things inside the arena. So things like banners, chairs, letters, flowers, entrances, people, all tend to be on the outside of the arena. So another great tactic is to get your horse focusing on things inside the arena. So spirals where you start on a 10 or a 12 metre circle in the middle of the arena and then you push out onto a 20 metre circle is really great for getting their focus into the arena and their focus on you. But it's also really great for getting them more supple and more relaxed too. If your horse knows them, you can also try adding in things like shoulder rins and leg guilds, both of which also get your horse bending more around your inside leg, also get the focus more inside of the arena and also helps them become more supple and more relaxed too. Now, the next thing I want to talk about then is hiring an arena away from home. Now, this is definitely necessary for those of you that have horses that are always spooky at competitions, when you are warming up and competing, there is a huge amount of pressure on you. You have a time you have to be warmed up. You've got a time you have to be in that arena for. You have to ride a certain test. You want it to go well and you don't want to lose marks for spooking. You've got to do movements at certain points. There ends up being quite a lot of pressure put on you as the rider, but also then on the horse. Hiring an arena, though, 
or going to things like test writing clinics or lessons away from home are going to really help to give you that extra time to get your horse comfortable and confident and to use these kind of different environments to get them comfortable in. You Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Could even go with your trainer and get them to help you and kind of give you a few different tools that you could use in the warm-up and in the test to help your horse if they do get a bit spooky. But I think arena hires are great. You have you have more time to just get your horse comfortable. You can work them in. You can work them around the spooky objects. You can take your time. You can circle away, come back round, repeat a movement, repeat an exercise as many times as you like with no pressure. And I think it can really help to build a rider's confidence as much as it does the horses as well. But even if your horse is great at a show, but they're always spooky at home, changing the scenery a bit can also be really helpful for you to have a positive, effective training session when you aren't having to deal with your horse spooking every three seconds. And it's so easy when your horse spooks a lot at home to either just give up and call it a day or get really frustrated and it turns into a fight or just focus solely on getting your horse past whatever they're spooking at. None of which is very beneficial for you, for your horse or for your training. So sometimes training away from home, if your horse is better in a new environment, can sometimes just be really helpful and really nice to just have a positive session and help you keep progressing whilst you're working on this spooking at home. Now, I want to talk next about how you are influencing all of this. I think it's important, no matter the subject in dressage, to talk about the rider's influence. But even more so when we are talking about spooking, because so often it's easy to feel really powerless in those situations so often I hear like really blanket statements like my horse is going to spook at that or I have to cut off half my arena because my horse always spooks at A or there's no point me having a fight about it so I just stay away and if it gets really bad I just get off and call it a day and I think it's a lot easier out of context away from the yard And kind of talking here on a podcast to see that none of those things are going to be beneficial for you or for the horse. 
But they are things that I hear from riders on a daily basis because when it's happening again and again and again, it's so easy to feel like you can't do anything about it. But hopefully this episode is going to at least give you some things to try when it does happen. But I wanted to talk about a few big no-nos and a few big things that you should do that I like to tell everyone from a rider's perspective and the things that we can do to help improve our spooky horses. Now, the first thing comes with a disclaimer that this is as long as it is safe to do so. Okay, that's my disclaimer. Never, ever get off, stop or turn away from the spooky thing straight after your horse has spooked. Now, again, this is only if it is safe to do so. Try and stay on. Try and keep going. Don't stop. Don't turn away from the spooky thing. Because all these things teach your horse that the spook was something that led to them getting away from the spooky object. They either got away completely or they didn't have to go back to it again. Now, this isn't going to be helpful no matter whether the horse is nervous or whether they're evading. The second thing then is don't forget about your training. It's so easy to become hyper-focused on whatever it is your horse is spooking at and just try to get them past it. But we end up forgetting about what we were working on before the spook even happened. And I think we've all done it. If you stare at something thinking your horse is going to spook, chances are they probably will. The lesson, though, that this teaches our horse is that when they spook, the training stops. If the horse is genuinely nervous about something, giving them something to focus on and carrying on focusing on that training and almost ignoring the spook helps to keep your horse's attention on you as the rider. If they spook and you just stop giving them instructions, that's going to make the horse almost more nervous because they're not going to know what to do. If the horse, though, is evading, the horse can quickly learn how to get out of working hard. If they spook and you stop and you stop focusing on what you were working on, it's really easy for the horse to pick up that actually the work gets easier after they spook. Whereas if you carry on with whatever you were working on and you ignore the spook, they will realise it's essentially a futile effort. The third thing then is kind of on similar lines is to ignore the spooks and stay on the direction that you were aiming for. When a horse spooks, the last thing we want to do is to stop them or carry on in the direction that they took us in because it teaches them that firstly they can decide where they're going and ultimately that we will follow them, which especially in dressage, but even just from a control aspect We need to be able to go in the direction we want at the speed we want. Having said that, it's also a natural thing that our horse wants to get away from something that they perceive is a threat. But handing the reins over to your nervous horse and basically saying to them, yeah, I'll come with you. Let's go. Isn't going to give them any more confidence. So I think the rule I always give people is to. As soon as you feel your horse spook, as quickly as you can, get your horse back on the line and back in the pace you were doing before the spook happened. Now, the more you can keep that system of getting back to your line, back to the direction 
back to the speed you wanted as quickly as possible, you're going to find that firstly, the the kind of effect that the spook has on your horse and on you becomes less and less. But it also starts to kind of diffuse not just the effect of the spook, but also the spook itself. The next thing then is don't try to get your horse past the spooky thing. Now, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but let me explain. I always think that forward and straight are your two best friends when you ride a spooky horse. As soon as you feel your horse spook, like we said before, you want to get them back onto the line that you were on before the spook happened. So a really good thing to do is to focus your attention on where you want to go. Lock your eyes onto a point that is further off in the distance on the line you are wanting to be on and ride for that. When riders try to ride past a spooky thing, especially this tends to happen in tests, what we end up doing is actually forcing and pushing our horse into the thing that they aren't wanting to go past in the first place. Whereas if you change that and you use that pressure to push them forward and on past the spooky object or the thing that they were looking at, the horse is naturally going to be more inclined to follow you and go that way rather than on just trying to force them into the object. And the final thing then is prepare, don't anticipate. Now, this point goes back to what we said before about if you stare at something thinking your horse is going to spook, chances are they probably will. However, the problem comes that when our horse does spook, we need to be quick. We need to get our horses back on task, get them focused, get them back on the line and back in the pace that we were in before to just diffuse the situation. So I like to use the phrase prepare, don't anticipate. You prepare and you're ready in case a spook does happen and you have prepared a method of how you are going to deal with it. So today, my recommendation is get back on the direction you're going for, get back in the pace you're going for and ride on and past the spooky object, not into it. So that's our kind of preparation side. But if you sit on a horse that you think is spooky, the last thing that you want to do is look around that arena and plan out and anticipate or assume where your horse is going to spook. You want to sit on that horse. You want to think, plan out some exercises to get them focused on you. Plan out lots of transitions, lots of changes of direction, bringing the focus to you as the rider. Don't look around the arena and guess where your horse is going to spook. Chances are they will if you start to pick those places. Keep them focused on you, but have that game plan in place, ready to use if they do spook, but don't anticipate where this will happen. Now, the final thing I want to talk about before we kind of finish this episode is to know when the time is to start asking for help, because... I have people coming to me on a daily basis asking me to help them get their horses more supple, get their horses more forward, help them teach their horse a new movement or improve their position or help them be more accurate in their tests. It happens much more rarely that I have someone come and say, can you help me with my horse spooking? It might be that 
it transpires and I can kind of pull out of them that they're horse spooks and that is a problem that they're trying to fix. But it's very rare that someone will come to me and equally come to my friends that are coaches as well to fix a problem of spooking. And I think it's because we so often see it as something that just is, that we try and kind of fight through and we try and kind of carry on, but it's just kind of there. Whether that be it's at home, it's at a competition, it's something that's affecting your scores, it's something that's affecting your training. It's something that we don't really touch on. And yet it's something that we really should. So I don't want you to be afraid to ask for help, whether that's from your trainer or your coach or from someone else, especially if you feel like it's getting worse and worse, which does really often happen if you ignore the problem and you don't have the tools to fix it. We also don't want to lose our confidence as riders or get into the point where we're not enjoying riding. So it makes so much more sense to just ask someone who could have some really useful tools and some really useful ideas that could completely transform your spooky horse and could make everything enjoyable and fun again. Now, if you're thinking about who to go to, trainers and coaches are a great idea and you can do things like we said about before. You can do arena hires, you can get them to help you warm up at shows, you can go and do lessons at their yard, anything to kind of just help improve the problem. But I know a lot of clients of mine and friends, and I know you listeners as well, are finding out more about things like the TRT method, about kind of horsemanship and behavioural approaches to dealing with nervous horses and spooking and things like that, that we kind of see as behavioural issues. And these are definitely other avenues that you could look into if you feel you're kind of running out of tools from a dressage standpoint, especially if the problem is starting to leak into things like your handling and your day to day too. But don't be afraid to ask for help. Do take the time to sit down and work out where the problem is coming from in the first place. Is it pain? Is it evasion? Is it that your horse is nervous and lacking confidence? And from there, you can start to plan out how you're actually going to fix this. It's definitely possible. I have seen horses going from being super spooky to completely confident and happy in any arena. So it really is possible. It's just taking the time to work your way through it. So there you have it, how to ride a spooky horse and all the things to think about and try out with your horse if you have a spooky horse yourself. If you enjoy this episode, if you have a spooky horse or if you try out any of the ideas that I gave you today, please do let us know. You can share the episode on social media. You can tag us in your stories and in your posts and let us know what you thought. If you do have a spare few moments today to rate and review this podcast on the platform you're listening to now, then please do. It helps us to get the podcast out to more riders and to more horse people. And hopefully these episodes might be able to help them too. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I will see you next time.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.